0: welcome back to another edition of the afternoon drive this is your host thomas vermaison and today i've got a story san diego story about a stadium that was built many years ago and has gone through decades of sporting events concerts and other activities and it has been slowly torn down over the past several months And it will be no longer. And soon there will be something that is built in its place. And it will be just a memory. This place is San Diego Stadium, as it was originally known. Then later, Jack Murphy Stadium. And then Qualcomm Stadium. And then finally, in its last few years, San Diego County Credit Union Stadium. Stadium is dear to me as I grew up in San Diego, going to games at this place with friends, family, and I remember some of my first memories, sports memories at Qualcomm Stadium, seeing the Padres, the Chargers, the Aztecs in the 90s and the 2000s. The stadium, however, was before me, predates my time, started back in the 1960s. The stadium first opened in 1967 for the San Diego Chargers who were an AFL team at that time. The Padres would then join them, first as a AAA team in 1968, and then as a Major League Baseball team in the season 1969. Those two teams would occupy the stadium for 35 years together, before the Padres would leave in 2004 to go downtown and be at Petco Park. And of course the Chargers would stay, but they would leave for Los Angeles in 2017, leaving only the Aztecs. But the Aztecs are now playing their games temporarily in Carson, and they are going to be there for the 2021 season as well. And so there's no one to play in that stadium, and that stadium is almost completely gone now. That stadium has mostly rubble and dirt at this point in time as of march 2021 but let's go back again to the beginning in 1965 the stadium was first proposed and it was in the 1960s there was a local sports writer named jack murphy who was the brother of a new york mets broadcaster bob murphy and he wanted to see a multi-purpose stadium for san diego so in 1965 in november there was a ballot measure. A $27 million bond was passed, allowing the construction to begin on a stadium. And it was designed in a brutalist style. The construction on the stadium began just one month later. And it was completed. It was called San Diego Stadium. Now, this stadium, again, only took about a year and a half to complete. And so in 1967, August 20th to be exact, The first game was played, and it was played by the San Diego Chargers. The stadium had a capacity of around 50,000 when it first opened, and it was a horseshoe three-tier grandstand, which was one of the common trends at that time, a horseshoe stadium. So again, the Padres moved in in 1969, or actually 1968, but they were in the Pacific Coast League, which is AAA baseball. 1969, they were the major league. San Diego Padres, which is the highest form of professional baseball. And they had been moved from their stadium, Westgate Park. Westgate Park was a stadium that they had been playing in for some time here in San Diego. The stadium had its name changed from San Diego Stadium to Jack Murphy Stadium in September 1980, after Jack Murphy died. The San Diego Council actually voted on a 6-2 vote to approve the name change. And so starting with the 1981 seasons, it was called Jack Murphy Stadium. And this is actually how I remember it initially because it was called Jack Murphy Stadium, the Murph, which was the shortened version, until 1997. And so growing up as a young kid in the mid-90s, I do remember that, that name. And so in 1997, it was renamed to Qualcomm Stadium, which it kept until the Chargers left in early 2017. Qualcomm Stadium actually underwent renovations in 1997. They added seats for the upcoming Super Bowl that year, which was Super Bowl 32, and that was the Super Bowl between Brett Favre and John Elway and the Broncos' first Super Bowl title victory. And so they updated the stadium and brought its capacity to 70,000 seats by the Super Bowl in early 1998. And they made more adjustments in the following years, and they were able to fit up to 71,000 people. Now, the stadium also hosted college football, they hosted a Holiday Bowl every December and then a Poinsettia Bowl later. Poinsettia Bowl ran for 12 years, from 2005 to 2016 at the stadium. The final game was played on December 27th, 2019. It was played between the Iowa Hawkeyes and USC Trojans, and Iowa won the game, marking the last game in the stadium's history. There were three Super Bowl plays, three Super Bowl games played. There were two All-Star games that were also played, It is the only stadium to ever have the Super Bowl and World Series played the same season. It was played in 1998. That was the year, again, the Broncos played the Packers in the Super Bowl. And it was also the year the Padres made the World Series against the New York Yankees, where they were swept by the Yankees. That was one of the best teams of all time, the New York Yankees 1998 edition. And so there's much history to the stadium. And of course there were concerts starting as far back as 1976. There was ZZ Top. 1991, the Rolling Stones played there. 1992, Guns N' Roses. 1994, there was Pink Floyd. The Rolling Stones again in 94. Billy Joel and Elton John, 1995. NSYNC, 2001. And it goes on and on, Beyonce 2016, U2 2017, I remember that concert as a Uber driver driving around the stadium, picking people up and the chaos that was going on because of all the people at the stadium watching the concert. And then the last big concert looks like Beyonce and Jay-Z in 2018. And so there's concerts, sporting events, and a long history to the stadium. However, it's all coming to a close now as just this past year, in 2020, the city of San Diego approved the sale of the stadium to San Diego State University. The university officially took control and the new stadium is under construction. The idea is that there will be a 35,000-seat stadium for the Aztecs going forward and perhaps other sporting teams will be allowed to participate and be a part of this new venue, perhaps a professional soccer team. There's been rumors about the professional soccer team coming to San Diego for some time. So we will see, there's supposed to be a Riverside Park as part of the new developments, but it'll all take place over the next eight to 10 years. And so it won't be a finished product for, for quite a while. The stadium, again, is being torn down piece by piece. It's not like the old days where they would implode the stadium. It would go off in one grand gesture. It's going to be piece by piece, so it could take another few months. It, it started last year, late 2020. It's still going on with the destruction of the stadium, but it will be complete. It's just a matter of time now, and then the new Aztec football stadium will be built. So with that story complete my thoughts, I would say it's, it's apathy. I noticed when talking to people that most people don't even seem to be following the destruction of the stadium. I think a lot of people viewed the chargers leaving four years ago as the events that coincided with the stadium being gone and even though it was up it was like a zombie stadium for the fa- for the past 3 college football seasons it didn't feel the same cuz there was no chargers obviously the potters had moved away there's no professional team it was it was a zombie stadium everybody knew it was going to get torn down so it really was just going through the motions here the past few seasons and so now in 2021 people are are already past the point of this is a big deal and this is hitting us at a personal level. I, I think, though, people will will feel it more when the new stadium is built and they'll realize it is not coming back. That old bowl, concrete bowl in Mission Valley is is no longer in it. You, you know, it's not going to be resurrected. So whatever replaces it, people are going to have memories of what used to be there. And, of course, those will fade as well, and that will turn to apathy over time. You see that quite a bit with sports, you know, players, people are attached to. And then over time, it does fade. But to those of us that remember, that'll always be something we think about when we drive through Mission Valley is what was there, the memories of the Padres and the Chargers. And so to go back and and look at some of the history, it is kind of amazing. You know, you, you see the Super Bowls. The first one, 1988, it was the 1987 season. And that was the Washington Redskins, which now you can't say Redskins. That just shows you how much has changed. And so, 1988, the Redskins beat the Broncos in front of a record crowd. They had standing room only, 73,000 that day. And then, 10 years later, Super Bowl 32. So that was Super Bowl 22, Super Bowl 32, the Packers and Broncos, which I mentioned. That was the most competitive Super Bowl San Diego hosted, and that was the Broncos winning 31 24. And then the last one was the Tampa Bay Bucks and Oakland Raiders Super Bowl 37, where the Bucks dismantled the Raiders 48 21. And I do remember that vividly as well, and watching on TV as the commissioner was saying that he wouldn't bring the Super Bowl back to San Diego unless they built a new stadium. And so the new stadium chance started around that time in 2003. And I even remember when the Chargers were just getting good in the mid 2000s. They had drew Breeze, Ladanian Tomlinson, Sean Merriman. And there was talk about, you know, they could win a Super Bowl, get something on the ballot, get a stadium approved, build a new stadium while the team's hot, while the team's going to the Super Bowl, people are more likely to vote for it. And it just never materialized. And then the team started declining 2010, 2011, 2012. You could see the team declining. And so you could see that the city had less of an appetite to build a multi-billion dollar stadium for the Chargers. But you could tell the writing was on the wall even back to 2003, as far as the stadium. Of course, the Padres had passed a bill, a legislative letter. In 1998, there was a ballot measure where the padres were on the ballot for a new stadium and that did pass and then they had their stadium built and by 2004 they were moved into petco park that also played a role that was all the same time period with the chargers wanting a new stadium it's interesting though because you go back to the 90s and the chargers actually were given special treatment by the city and given money to renovate i mentioned 1997 it was renamed qualcomm stadium They they signed a massive contract at that time for the naming rights. Qualcomm was paying $18 million for the naming rights and the Chargers got additional seats, 10,000, 11,000 additional seats. And so the stadium was built and tailor-made for them. And so that was another reason the Padres wanted their own stadium. The stadium was becoming more of a football stadium and Qualcomm was much more Charger-friendly than Padre-friendly. And so the Padres the following year made a world series run in 98. And then that's when they were able to get their legislative bond measure approved. And then the stadium built in downtown San Diego, the all-star games that were held there, 1978, the national league beat the American league, that game seven to three and 1992, which of course, Tony Gwynn would have been a Padre and representing the Padres in that all-star game. And they lost to the American League. The NL All-Stars did 13 to 6 that day in 1992. So multiple All-Star games. Of course, there's been one All-Star game at Petco Park in downtown. That was five years ago now, 2016. That was when Big Jay and I were doing the Daily Zipper. And so, yeah, that is the history of the stadium in Mission Valley, known as San Diego Stadium. And then Jack Murphy, Qualcomm, and finally San Diego Credit Union. And it's fading into oblivion. I drove by it recently and saw what was left, and it wasn't much. And there's just a little concrete left to take down before it becomes completely rubble and dirt. And then it's only a matter of time before they rebuild their San Diego State project. So again, it's just a feeling of nostalgia, and apathy i think there are a lot of people in the city that just aren't aren't tuned in to it anymore they've they've made their peace with it a few years ago when the chargers left and then others just aren't aren't you know connected they haven't been the city long enough to be connected to the stadium the the stadium really was in its heyday probably at least 20 years ago because as it got older more and more people started talking about the decrepitness of the stadium and how we needed a new one by the early two thousands. So it's Heyday was, was the 1970s, eighties, nineties, and then it started to fall apart a bit. So those of us old enough to remember it though, have those special sports memories. And it is, it is a bit sad to see the stadium being completely torn down. So big J you want to jump in here, give us your thoughts on, on the stadium.
1: Well, I remember mm-hmm. the very first time I even stepped foot in that stadium. I was a young whippersnapper at about eight years old, and it was actually a Padres game. My mm-hmm. first game there was not football at all, even though that's what I ended up playing for most of my life later on. It was a Padres game, and I remember uh, having some kettle corn, some orange soda. That's what my drink of choice as a young player. Uh, pitching le- pitching machine uh, little leaguer at the time and my dad took me along with one of his buddies i can't remember who it was but it was a grand old time man we are playing uh take me out to the ball park that's right Take me out to the crowd that's right you know and the song kind of <laughs> the song kind of goes on but that was my first memory of Qualcomm my very first football game now there was the Chargers versus the Bengals in 2003. And it was the season where they had signed the huge sign. He was a huge signing bust in David Boston. You remember David Boston?
0: I do. That's a throwback.
1: (laughs) I was 13 years old and I was given tickets by a friend and he's like, oh, by the way, this big-time free agent, David Boston, is going to be playing, so you'll be able to see him. Obviously, with Drew Brees right. was helming the quarterback position that year. And I believe they went 4-12. and 12. Yes, I right. I mean, they were awful, and they just got trounced by Carson Palmer and the Bengals that year. It was.
0: And Palmer would have been a rookie.
1: He would have. Yep. Correct. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was fun, though. It was fun, uh, even though my first NFL experience was a complete shit show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I want to give some of mine. I, I do remember going the first time to see a pottery game, and that would have been the early 90s. The guys on the team that I remember were guys called Tony Gwen, obviously. But then there was a guy named Bip Roberts, who is a speedster that stole a lot of bases. And they had a pitcher named Andy Bennis, who was their ace. This would have been 94, you know, 93, 94, 95. And so I remember going and watching them. They were not good, the Padres, those years. They actually made a big trade for Steve Finley and Ken Caminiti in the offseason before 1996. I remember that. And I remember they made the playoffs, won the division and made the playoffs in 96. And then 98, obviously, the World Series team. I remember going to games that year as well. But yeah, the the mid-90s Padres were the teams I remember at the beginning watching. And then the football memories for me, big fella, were actually more high school memories. I thought you might throw that in there. The high school football championships at the Q.
1: Well, you know, we got blown out so much <laughs> that they have I, they are scars left in my memory. And I'd just rather never talk about them again.
0: Ah, gotcha. <laughs> so maybe you actually are thinking hey let's blow this out let's get a new stadium I, in there
1: <laughs> well I remember my junior year this was 2006 06 season the Chargers were great they went 14 and 2 and I went to Point Loma high school graduated '08, but 06 season we made it to the title game we played the St. Saint Augustine Saints uh, North Park area high school and they blew us out
0: right that's it was right.
1: 17 to 7, so not a blowout, but we got beat pretty bad. It wasn't even close. The year prior to that in 05, we made it. We made it the for the first time, first of three times in a row. Played the Saints again. And that was a blowout 41 to 7 or whatever it was. I can't remember.
0: Yeah, probably better that you don't and, remember.
1: And, and then two years later, my senior year, we played a different team in the Cathedral Catholic Dons, and that was another blowout, 41 to 3 right
0: yeah you had a rough go of it but i actually went to those games i went to all those games actually i saw all three of them the <laughs> sophomore junior and senior year championship games involving point so you, so you
1: so you very well know that in our junior year all right i played one play
0: <laughs> the
1: entire game that was and the closest happened?
0: game though but it was the most boring game i think it was 17 yes. to 7 yeah yes I played one
1: snap. I was on the field goal team and that lone snap came from our lone touchdown.
0: (laughs) Right. There wasn't a lot of scoring that day. And the season before was the undefeated season for high school pointers football, but they did not have a good game in the championship. I will transition it to the chargers and say, I do remember my first game being Ryan leaf and I think it was his last game because it was the last game of the season. It was the 2000 season, big J and they were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers and he actually threw a touchdown early on and the chargers went up seven, nothing. And then the rest of the game, they got blown out. And the next year they draft Drew Brees and Drew Brees is there for five years. As we know before Philip Rivers takes over and then Rivers was the last San Diego charger quarterback. But yeah, I remember Ryan Leaf. <laughs> that was the first Charger game. I went to one more after that. It was, again, the last game of the season. People giving away their tickets at the end of the season. Team's not good. It was the year, though, they were actually good, but people didn't go because they were playing the backups. It was the 2009 season, and I was actually back from college. They were playing the Washington Redskins, now known as the Washington football team. And Jason Campbell was the quarterback. I remember and the Chargers were starting. Was it Billy Volek? I think it was Billy Volock, And the Chargers won the game, even with their backups. Cause that was a good Charger team. I actually Charger
1: remember team. that game.
0: Yeah, that was a good Charger team. Even yeah, their backups mentioned- were good. Thirteen and three that year.
1: Yeah. I I am still I am still so salty about the Drew Brees giveaway.
0: Yeah. Me too. I, I still think that would have been their best quarterback ever because I think he would have won a Super Bowl, which would have put him as the top quarterback because nobody won a Super Bowl right now. It's Dan Fouts and Philip Rivers as the top Charger, San Diego Charger quarterbacks. But I think Breeze, if they had kept him, would have won a Super Bowl for the city. It would have been a hero. You
1: know, that's really the only two things I'm salty about was the Drew Breeze give, giveaway. Um, LT kind of kind of. Play both sides there. And the other thing I'm really salty about is the way the Spanoses handled mm. the whole stadium situation towards the end of four, 2014, 2015, heading into 2016.
0: Right. And that's the political part of it. I talked about just the rundown of the history and I mentioned some of the politics as far as getting on the ballot. The Spanoses actually had the choice, as you know, back in 2016 the city gave them the option of rebuilding a brand new statement in Mission Valley because the city was desperate. They knew the chargers were about to leave. They'd already almost left for LA. That was the year the Rams went to LA because they went a year before the chargers in 2016. And so the city was so desperate that they said, we'll build it for you completely on our dime. And the chargers owner, Spanos, Alex Spanos, or, uh, Dean Spanos, Alex Spanos was the original owner, and then his son, Dean, who's now running the team. Dean said, no, I don't want a Mission Valley stadium completely built by the city. I want downtown. And so he he passed up on a, on a stadium completely funded by the city.
1: Question is, where the heck are you going to put it downtown?
0: Yeah, exactly. There's
1: no space.
0: Yeah, and then it would have cost another billion dollars for the city, more debt. Yeah, he was selfish. He was greedy. He didn't care. And then he knew his team would go up in Valley if he went to LA. And so he completely left San Diego and the chargers after 56 seasons left the city.
1: Just like that. A divorce overnight.
0: (laughs) Well, I still remember 2017 when they're moving in the spring of 2017, the moving companies in San Diego were being called by the chargers to move their furniture up to LA, up to Carson And this is what I love about some of these San Diego companies. They actually were saying, no, we won't do it. We're not helping you move. I don't care how much you want to pay us. We are not doing it. And eventually I did find a moving company, clearly, because they moved. But there were companies in San Diego I read about that weren't going to do it.
1: And then if you remember the year after, uh, (laughs) one of the local Mexican taco shop chains came out with what was known as the Spanos taco in the, in the 2017 season. You remember that?
0: I do. I do. That was funny. That was for
1: every game the Chargers lost for that season.
0: A free, you would get free, a free taco. taco. Yeah, that's right. They...
1: But if they won, you wouldn't get crap. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I remember that following season rooting for the Chiefs because I like Alex Smith because he's a San Diego guy. Went to Helix High School. And so he was the guy you would root for if, you know, you're not going to root for the Chargers now that they're in L.A. So you went with, all right, well, what players are from San Diego? And so Alex Smith was on the Chiefs that year. So, yeah, that was was an interesting year. (laughs) All of a sudden you're rooting for the Chiefs and you don't mind the Raiders as much. (laughs) All of a sudden you're like, yeah, I don't care if the Raiders beat the Chargers.
1: Yeah, or the Broncos.
0: Yeah, Broncos have a good time playing in L.A. Who cares? Yeah, I still don't care. <laughs> no, I know. I know. It, it, it is interesting having no team now in San Diego. And I'm sure you've gotten this question too. And you could give me your response. I'll give you mine first about, well, who do you root for? What's your team? And I've gotten so used to that question. I've seen, I've heard it so many times. And I just I don't have a team. My team is gone. And I just root for players that have San Diego ties at this point.
1: Well, I tell people my team is the Aztecs now. That's it
0: yeah that's true for college that makes sense
1: but uh as far as pro it's like i'm a free agent i hop on a band new bandwagon every single season because i can
0: yeah and you have you have that (laughs) ability to defend that position because san diego there's no team so they can't say oh well why don't you root for your hometown team i don't have one (laughs) so yeah you you root for players you know there's guys san diego plenty of great local guys that make college and pro level teams. And so there's always going to be somebody you could root for.
1: Well, now the question I get is why don't you still root for the Chargers? And I tell people because I'm not, I don't live in LA. I didn't grow up there. I have no ties to that city.
0: Yeah. It might as well be the 49ers, the Seahawks. You could just say, well, I'll root for a West coast team. I could root for any of those teams if they're just going to be in another city on the West coast. Or, yeah, you just even go more broad and say, well, yeah, I could go and root for a team in Kansas City or Florida, you know, root for the the Dolphins because you like Tua, you know. It doesn't really matter. You you know, you like – I know you like guys that you find to be strong people of character. So guys like Tua maybe or Russell. I'm a big
1: Browns fan now because of Baker
0: Mayfield. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. So, yeah, you can root for whoever. It doesn't matter at this point because, yeah, San Diego is a free agent city.
1: But I I, I do take interest in Justin Herbert. I am interested Mm -hmm. to see what he's going to do this season. Uh, It'll be his second year.
0: Yes, I am as well.
1: Great rookie season.
0: Yep. But you know the Chargers and their ownership, and they're not great at building a team around a star quarterback. They've had moments. They've had moments. I'll give them that. They've had seasons, and then it it just, you know, it didn't turn into anything. It disintegrated. But there's been other years where they just fail completely to put weapons in place around their quarterback.
1: Well, it seems like this year is a little different. They signed a big free agent center and uh, mm-hmm. another offensive lineman. They got uh, Jared Cook in. They're working on getting Zach
0: Ertz in. Who's their coach now?
1: It is uh, Brandon Staley, former Rams defensive coordinator. Okay. From last season.
0: Yeah. They they hired a guy. I, I Now that you say the name, that rings a bell. But he's not well-known. Remember, they were talking about Urban Meyer a couple months ago. But obviously, he went to Jacksonville.
1: Well, Brandon Staley was part of the Rams Super Bowl losing coaching staff from 2018.
0: Right, right. Yeah, he was a coach so, on the Rams. He's just not as well-known. I don't know too much about him other than he was on the Rams.
1: He could very well be a... Uh... De- I mean, definitely better than Anthony Lynn, I, I, I'd say.
0: Did Anthony Lynn get another job? <laughs> that's a good I question. I believe he did. I could look it up while we're thinking about it. Anthony Lynn. They came, on, they came on at the end of the year for him. I thought they might give him one more year because they did so well to finish the season.
1: Yeah, he, he signed, he's an offensive coordinator now for the Detroit Lions.
0: Yep, you beat me to it. Yep, that's right. You got it.
1: He's still young. He's got a lot of time. He's born in
0: 68. He's 52, so... Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But, of course, the big battle for the Chargers is who's the superior team in Los Angeles. Is it the Chargers or the Rams? And the Rams just picked up Matt Stafford. and So we'll see how Stafford does his first season with the organization.
1: It's going to be interesting. I... (laughs) I don't know why you go after Stafford with all these other free agent guys hanging around, but I mean, who knows? I don't know what the thinking is there, though. I'm lost on it.
0: Yep. Well, many memories, my friends. Old Charger memories, Padre memories. And there's not a whole lot of those stadiums left. Those stadiums that were built in the 60s. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I might just have to look it up. How many stadiums? I know Anaheim, the Angels play in a stadium. I think it was built in the 60s as well. You've been up to Anaheim.
1: Yeah. How about any of the New York stadiums?
0: Those all got redone in 09. 08 was the last year for the Giants and the Jets, and then they rebuilt the new one in 09.
1: Oh, well, one obvious one comes to mind, even though it's been remodeled, is uh, Lambeau Field
0: with well, Lambo's old old that's like before the 60s like if you go back in time let's see here if i can find Rose Bowl Stadium well the Rose Bowl is, is old school some of these stadiums are like old school old school like 100 years old not just 50 or 60 years old the Buffalo Bills i'm looking through all these teams this isn't going to give me accurate but yeah there's there's stadiums like Soldier Field has been around for what 100 years almost
1: Heinz Field in Pittsburgh?
0: I'm not sure about Heinz Field. They played in a stadium called Three Rivers Stadium for a long time. Heinz Field, I think, is fairly new. That That stadium might only be 20 years old. I'm actually looking at it now. Yeah, it's 20 years, 2001. But, yeah, as far as stadiums from the 60s, I'll go through it real quick here. I'm looking, and, and there's not a whole lot. You know, the bills go back to... Nineteen. No, they got a new stadium recently.
1: Here's the uh kind of a rundown of NFL Stadium. Yeah, let's hear the oldest newest. We got Soldier Field, 1924.
0: There you go. I figured that was the oldest. That's
1: the oldest stadium currently. Then the second oldest is Lambeau Field in
0: 1957.
1: Okay. Which interesting is number three is about twenty some years later, you got Arrowhead in nineteen seventy two. So the New Era, nineteen seventy three, and then the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in nineteen seventy-five.
0: Okay. So the Chargers were playing in the third oldest stadium in their last season in two thousand sixteen. At that point, they were in the third oldest stadium, correct? Behind Soldier Field, which goes back to nineteen twenty four, and Lambo, nineteen fifty seven.
1: It would have been, yeah, at the time, but since it's no longer standing.
0: Yeah, 1967 was the inaugural season for the Chargers there. So, yeah, I figured it was one of the older ones. There's not a whole lot of them left. And that era of building stadiums that look like that, those are pretty much all gone. Those those big concrete bowl stadiums from the 60s. That's kind of known as a 60s look.
1: And there's a bunch of stadiums that came up in the nineties and obviously two thousands at some point they're all going to be retrofitted for modernity,
0: you know? Yeah. They either tried to keep them because it's a museum. It's a historical landmark like soldier field at this point, it would be tough for them to move on because it's so old. People would say, no, we've already gone this far. You got to keep it now. And so when you go 100 years, like in baseball, Wrigley Field in Chicago, 1908, I want to say, or it's in the early 1900s, that stadium, Fenway Park in Boston, places like that, they're going to have a hard time ever leaving. People are going to do anything to keep them, just renovate them every year if you have to, or every two, three years.
1: Going back to the queue, as we used to call it. Right. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to new beginnings at that site. I'm looking forward to the SDSU expansion and the new stadium and see what new memories we can uh, make over there. So,
0: Yeah, got to be an optimist. Look ahead. Oh, I'm old at, one. At, just to clarify, Fenway's 1912, Wrigley's 1914. So those are the two old baseball stadiums. But yeah, the new stadium for the Aztecs, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they design it you know and i know you're a big college football fan so i'm sure you'll be going down there to check it out and we'll see we'll see how it goes you know hopefully the covid protocols are <laughs> something of the past at that point in time it won't be hard to go see a game
1: yeah yeah you, you're hoping we pray you, uh... <laughs> thank you governor Newsom. that's all i have to say <laughs>
0: Well, I'm your favorite mayor, Todd Glorick. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) All right, big fella. Well, I enjoyed chatting about the stadium, giving a little history to the listeners in San Diego and even other cities that have watched games on TV and seen the stadium for years on TV. They have a little more background now.
1: Indeed, my friend. Great talking to you.
0: All right. All right, big J. As always was good thank you for tuning in to today's show you can catch me every tuesday and friday in the afternoons if you listen to the podcast follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at smack sports inc this is the afternoon drive on the smack sports radio network Till the next one i'm thomas vermazin signing off